But I want you to see um, in this uh, verse 28, many times we forget about this part. And I think uh, Pastor Ben brought it out so beautifully. We forget about the afterword. Of course, we read what comes after. But in this, in this particular passage of Scripture, it was also important that you understand what came before. So in Joel 2.28, it says, and it shall come to pass afterward. Well, after, after what? After what? One needs to, how many of you all, how many of you all want to see this Joel chapter 2.28 come to pass in your life? The outpouring of God's spirit. Well, you know that there's, the, the, the Bible says it'll come after something. Now, you know, I've, I think I've told you all this before. My favorite, um, my favorite dessert is uh, Rice Krispie Treats. Man, I love Rice Krispie Treats. And uh, now, before you go out and buy a box of them at the store and bring them to me, I don't like those. I like the ones that you make at home because they're very different. Anyway, so don't bring me a box of uh, the, uh, uh, <laughs> off the production line. Uh, anyway. And then some people will bring them, and they're kind of a little bit like a, a, they're, they're, the color of them is off. And, and then they send pictures of them and their kids making them, their kids with dirty hands, you know. And Pastor, we made you some Rice Krispie treats. Listen, don't, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Kid with his finger in his nose. <laughs> But anyhow, <laughs> so if, if my wife was to tell me, hey, look, I'm going to make some Rice Krispie treats after you take out the trash, then that means there's a prerequisite. Something has to happen before in order for there to come an after. Isn't that right? Oh, yeah. Something has to happen before. And so look, look what this scripture says is going to happen before the outpouring of the Spirit. And we'll, we'll see that a lot of these things that we're, we're going to read here are uh, things that we've experienced. Uh, it says, uh, when, it, when it starts off uh, this chapter 2 of Joel, it says, Blow the trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming, for it is at hand. What, what it's saying is this. The prophet is prophesying, sound an alarm in Zion. In other words, make my people ready. Um, we used to sing a song back in the 80s called Blow the Trumpet in Zion. And it went this way. It said, they rush on the city. They run on the wall. Great is the army that carries out his word. The Lord utters his voice. before, And then we sing, blow the trumpet in Zion. It was kind of a peppy, a Jewish type of song. And people would dance around. I always wondered why they danced around. Because what, what, what they were singing was, uh, you're you, the church, you're about to be attacked. Blow the trumpet in Zion because y'all are a bunch of idiots. You've left yourself open to attack, and the enemy's about to the, the enemy's about to rush in on you. And I wondered why they were dancing around about that. I thought, dear God, <laughs> y'all y'all are here dancing around, and uh, I don't think you know what you're singing. But anyway, um, so before the outpouring of the Spirit, uh, it, it talks about there being an alarm sounded amongst God's people. A wake-up call. Turn to someone, tell them, wake up. And I think, we, I think we've been seeing that, church. You know, uh, how many of you have, um, 
How many of you since 2020, uh, well, I, I'm not going to ask you that. I'll just tell you my experience. Since 2020 and, and uh, the, out, the outbreak of COVID and all that's gone on between 2020 and now, when I, when I talk with people that are either, uh, people that are either unsaved or backslidden away from God, one of the things that I hear common is this. It's happening, isn't it? Just like the Bible said. My grandma told me these things were going to happen. My granddad, I remember when he used to talk about, they said these things were going to happen, and now they're happening right in front of our eyes. I was like, yeah, it's happening. My, my, my brother was one of them. He came to me. He said, you know what? I never dreamed. He said, I, he said, I knew that, I knew that uh, uh, our grandmother and grandfather, he knew they were born-again believers. He knew they, they loved the Lord. But man, he said, I never dreamed that these things would come to pass, that these things that they told us were going to happen would happen in our lifetime. And now here they are, happening right before our eyes. Plagues and wars and rumors of wars and tyranny and, and all kinds of things that are happening uh, in the earth. Uh, nation rising against nation. Ethnicity against ethnicity. Are y'all hearing me? It's, it's still going on. Not just, you know, we think that, we think that racism and, and, and ethnicity rising against ethnicity is an American phenomenon. Listen, it's worldwide. Heck, you got it within you got it within certain race groups. The dark skinned against the light skinned. <laughs> well, thank you, Jesus. Amen. I mean, you got tribes and other, they're, they're, they're in the same country, just in a different tribe. And ethnicities rising up against ethnicity. That, that's a sign of the end, of the end times, church. Somebody said, we need to abolish racism. You ain't about to do that. You ain't about to do that. Well, we can make it better. Yeah, you know how you can make it better? Live for Jesus and encourage other people to do the same. Amen. That's the only answer. Amen. But anyhow, so these, these are signs of the, of the times that we're living in. So before the outpouring of the Spirit, there's going to be an alarm that sounds. Wake up! And for the church, it's a wake-up call. All right, let's, let's read some of the other stuff it's going to say. It's, it says it's going to happen. Before. It says, uh, it says this. Now, therefore, says the Lord, verse 12, it says, Turn to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and with mourning. So rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, of great kindness. He relents from doing harm. Who, who knows if he will turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him? Uh, so so the, the, the word says that there's going to be repentance. That happens before, uh, before the outpouring of God's Spirit. Boy, what is what's been? What did we hear about this this year in Asbury, Kentucky, in different college campuses? There was repentance that began to take a pl to take place. Look what it says in verse fifteen: Blow the trumpet in Zion, consecrate a fast, call a sacred assembly. Mm -hmm. 
What's been happening these last months? Are y'all hearing me at all? Is this thing working? Hello. <laughs> I'm, I, I should keep that throat at people that fall asleep. Remember in Lawton, I had to get a... When I, when I had revival in Lawton, I had a lot of people fall asleep in that meeting for some reason. So someone got me a rubber ball, and I would just... I just people fell asleep, I'd go... <laughs> they wake up, they're like, Amen! Man, God has been gathering. God, God begins to gather people when he's getting ready to do something. And there's a gathering that's taking place. Are, are you all seeing this? Now listen, I know some of you are like, oh, it's not too exciting. Yeah, because you don't read your Bible. Man, if we read our Bible more, if we knew what was coming, listen, if, if y'all knew what was coming, you wouldn't be complaining about uh, inflation. If y'all knew what was coming, you wouldn't be complaining about gas prices and egg prices and meat prices. And you wouldn't be complaining about what seems to be a rising cost of things uh, in this nation. Listen, church, I'm, I'm trying to sound an alarm here at Winter's Church. I want some of y'all to snap out of it. Some of you think the answer to your economic problems and your financial troubles is to, is to take on another job or to work overtime or to find some other way to earn a, a better living. And I've got news for you. The, the Bible, the Word of God makes provision for every one of us who believe. Now, now you know what? If the, if, if the alarm has sounded to warn us that the, that the enemy is attacking, which it has, y'all see it clearly, don't you? Well, the alarm was sounded during COVID that the church wasn't all that it thought it was. Because they rushed on the city and they ran on the walls and great was the army that shut down the church. And it was right there in the book of Joel. Repent. There was a call to repentance and we saw it play out. Listen, we thought, we thought it would play out with us, but it began to play out with people, people that didn't even claim uh, the, the, the Pentecostal, uh, charismatic, uh, spirit-filled experience. In a foreign land, in a foreign place, people began to repent. And God began to gather people. Maybe he didn't do it here, but God began to gather people supernaturally. And God began to get, listen, I'm going to tell you something. All of these things have taken place supernaturally. They've been beyond the control of the church. Y'all know good and well I tried to keep the church open. It didn't work. You know why? It was beyond my control. Y'all have been trying to get people to repent for years. But 30 students stay after uh, uh, a... Uh, a chapel service in a non-Pentecostal, non-spirit-filled theological seminary and 30 kids in Kentucky cause a moving of the Spirit to sweep across this nation that this nation hadn't seen in a while. And it was beyond our control. We wanted, to, we, we, we wanted it to happen here. We couldn't make it happen here. Isn't that right? We, we couldn't make it happen here because it, these things are things that, that God is in control of. 
We, we gathered. We gathered as a church. But over 300,000 people made their way through that town where that, where that theological seminary. Over 300,000 people from all of it. Do you know that the city, I don't know if y'all know this, but the city put up signs, the kind of signs that they put up for road construction. They put up signs that said revival closed. To try to detour people and keep people. They had so many people in that town and in that community that the, the community was trying to get rid of them. Right. Wow. Go ahead, man. See, had, had that happened here at Winter's Church, War Acres would have been up in arms. War Acres would have been up over here trying to tell us, you can't do this. You can't have this many people in this building. you got to get the people off the yard. Mardell would have complained if the people sitting in their parking lot, the dentist behind us would have complained because their patients couldn't get in the door. Traffic out here would have been blocked. The cops would have been upset because everybody would have been trying to get into this. And see, where did that happen? Did that happen? Yes, that happened just a couple of months ago. It was in full swing at a theological seminary in a tiny town in Kentucky. And in other places, it popped up all over this nation. And you know what? We would have loved to have had that here, but you, we aren't in control of it. When God takes, when God takes the attitude that he's going to do something supernatural, you know what? When God takes a hankering to do something, he's going to do it. He's going to get it done. There, there are times that God, you know, some people say this. They say, well, it's a sovereign move of God. Absolutely. There are some aspects of what God does that no matter what you do, no matter how you pray, no matter how much you gather, no, how, no matter how much you encourage people, God's going to do it the way that he wants to do it. And we as God's people, we have to be faithful to him. We have to rely upon him. We have to trust him. We have to know that he, you know, we, uh, as a kid, we used to sing a song that said, he's got the whole world in his hands. Some of us, we grew up and we forgot about it. Some of you grew up, you said he got the whole world in his hands except for my job. He got the whole world in his hands except for my bills. He got the whole world in his hands except for my car payment. He got, the, <laughs> he got the whole world in his hands except for my business. He got the whole world in his hands except for my family. <clears throat> Amen. See, some, some of you trying to strong arm God into doing it your way. And you know what God's trying to, you know what he's trying to get from us? He's trying to get it out of our hands. And in his hands, so he can take care of it his way. Amen. So if all these things have already started to transpire, then the things that we haven't yet seen transpire, we can expect that those things are coming too, right? I mean, if the ball is rolling, then shouldn't there be an expectation? See, some of y'all are like, what's coming next? Well, let me tell you what's coming next for you. You ready? Go to go to go to uh, <laughs> go to another verse. <laughs> go to verse uh, eighteen. Oh, maybe not eighteen. Maybe we'll go a little, little farther than that down. Uh, go to verse. Uh, yeah, let's uh, let's uh, go to verse twenty-three. 
Be glad then, you children of Zion. Who does Zion represent in, in the Old Testament? The church. Be glad then, you children. It's talking to you. This verse is talking to you. Say this with me. Say, that verse is talking to me. And you know what that verse is telling you? Be glad then. Be glad. Not be glad because of your natural. Listen, we're not glad because of our natural circumstances. Listen, if you had to be glad over your natural circumstances, some of you would have absolutely nothing to be glad about. But as children of Zion, the Bible commands us to be glad. Why? Because he holds... Amen. I, I used to watch Marilyn Hickey on television. And you know what? I, one of the, I loved it to hear her teaching, but I really loved how her program started out. Uh, the, the program started out with the song, Because He Lives. Because He Lives, I Can Face Tomorrow. Because He Lives, All Fear Is Gone. Because I know who holds the future. And life is worth the living just because. Amen. Amen. He holds the future. Turn to someone tell them he holds the future. So it says this. It says, be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. You know what, church? I'm going to tell you something. If you want things to turn in your favor, you're going to have to begin to be glad and rejoice. Even when, life even when life hands you lemons, you have to be glad and rejoice. Even when, even when eggs are $8 a dozen, be glad and rejoice. I know they've come down since, but be glad. Uh, don't, don't start, Ted. Don't, don't go. Because Ted's over there, we, we didn't pay $8. We, got, we had a chicken. We had... Amen. Even though, even though uh, uh, interest rates are going up. Listen, how many, how many of y'all hope to buy a house at some point here in the future? How many of you, how many of you, this current market has kind of put you back a little bit? You know what I'm going to tell you? Be glad and rejoice. Be glad. See, some of you like, shoulda, woulda, coulda. Listen, if, you, if, you, if you're living in the woulda, shoulda, couldas, then you're missing out on what God has said about your future. Well, I'm, see, some of you, you're like, I thought you was going to talk about the offering. I am. I am talking about the offering. <laughs> I haven't started preaching yet. I know that probably makes some of you nervous. <clears throat> See, we've, we've got to be glad. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm going to tell a story. It ain't about a man named Jed. You know, yesterday we, I was 
I had plans to do other things, but my daughter is moving. And when my daughter is moving, the whole world has to come to a standstill. And then even if you bring the world to a standstill, she still ain't happy. You understand what I'm saying? It's crazy. I don't know how that works. I mean, it's like you'd think that if you brought the whole world to a standstill and you handed her everything she, she needed and wanted and, you know, overnight, that there'd be this sense of, I mean, I just wanted to go get a Bahama Bucks. That's all I wanted was a Bahama Bucks. And you'd have, you'd have, you'd have thought everything I had done was, I mean, you thought I was the devil. Just over a Bahama Bucks. Ayla, over a Bahama Bucks. Three minutes. Three minutes and I was wasting her time. But she's not here. I can talk about that. But anyway, anyway you, know, you know how I have to look at this, though? You know, some of us, we, live in, we only live in the moment. But I had to be glad and rejoice. Amen. Because you know what? What was happening in that moment wasn't my future. It isn't how things were going to end up. Amen. That wasn't, that didn't settle how things were going to be in life that moment. I was hauling, I was hauling stuff to my, you know, for my daughter with Ted. Ted helped me out and Annie helped. We were hauling stuff. Some, so anyway, I called up Gabe with Gabe. You know, I, I had to, Gabe quit driving the Tesla because he was tearing up my wheels and stuff, and, and uh, it, that costs a lot of money. And so I was just like, yeah, I think we're going to reel it in because I think I'm going to sell this Tesla. Anyway, first time he's driven it in six months was yesterday. I said, I had a machine in it. I said, hey, go bring the Tesla, will you? It's got my machine in it and meet me over at Mikey's house. I just get my Bahama Bucks. My daughter's in the backseat talking about how I wasted her time. That's not to, I mean, that's not to, I, I, had, I put in a 12-hour day on Friday. And then she called me up after that 12-hour day, can you help me move some stuff, Dad? Yes, sure, baby. Anything for you. Not one complaint, I just went. It was 8 o'clock. In the evening. You know, shower for Tyler and Ayla. Dad, can you help me after the shower? Yep. Whatever you say, princess. Anything for my darling daughter. I'm going to stop at Bahama Bucks. We can't do that, Dad. You're wasting my time. Rejoice and be glad. Now, Gabe, 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 I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to, to uh, roast Gabe here, but Gabe, bring my car. I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to, you know, I'm getting ready to dig into that Bahama Bucks. I'm so happy. I hadn't had a Bahama Bucks in three years. I, I'm looking at that snow cone. See, some of you are like, what's Bahama Bucks? A snow cone, man. I'm looking, I'm like, mm-mm, good. And, and I mean, I don't, I no more get two bites in my mouth, and the phone rings, and it's my beautiful son, and I answer the phone, he's, I'm like, hey, Gabe, what's up? He said, Dad, I just hit a curb and jacked up your wheel. I just had those wheels fixed, $400 a pop. Now, you know what? You can live in the moment, 
See, see, let, let, me, let me tell you all something. You, you think I get up here and I preach this stuff and don't live it. You think I get up here and I tell you stories and tell you. You know what? Not only do I, not only will I cross the country to preach a message, I'll cross the street to hear one. See, some people go across two continents to preach a message, but they won't cross the street to listen to one. And I'm not interested in those kind of people. You can take every message you preach, stick it in your pipe and smoke it. If you can't listen, and all you, all you can be interested in doing is preaching, I'm not interested in you. Because this is more than just an occupation for me. This is a lifestyle. And so when Gabe called, you know what my natural man said? Dumb ways to die. So many dumb ways to die. <laughs> dumb ways to die. So many dumb ways to die. <laughs> but what did I? What did I do, Annie? You know, I, I, I saved my Bahama bucks. I was like, "Thank you, Lord, for ba Amen. Rejoice and be glad. And now I'm trying to get off of this. I don't know if I'm going to get out of this today. Rejoice and be glad. Rejoice and be glad. I know you felt bad. I know you felt bad, son. I, I, know, I, I can only imagine what kind of courage it took for him to dial that phone. And again, I, I've, I didn't let him off the hook. I wasn't like, it's okay, because in my mind, that's not okay. But, but, am I going to live in that moment? Am I going to let that moment take? Am I going to let that one moment in time take and ruin all the other moments for the rest of that day, for the rest of that week, for the rest of my life? Because if I, if I do what the Word says, if I be glad and rejoice... Then there's something, and I'll get to it. Some of you are like, well, you haven't told us what being glad and rejoice results in. I'll tell you here in a second. So instead, I was glad and I rejoiced. Later in the evening, Annie said, well, you know, he didn't mean to do it. And I said, I know that. Well, you know, maybe I'm a little more gracious than you are. I said, no, I got plenty of grace. I'm just, I just don't have plenty. I don't, I don't have plenty of money to keep putting it up. <laughs> Not for that. I mean, I want to put my I want to buy something else besides fixed wheels. I said, I got lots of grace. Limited funds. <laughs> and time to spend on, on that. So... <laughs> Church, you got to live this thing. You you can't just, you can't expect that you're going to walk in the fullness of God's blessing when you just read it. You know the Bible says that we're to be doers of the word and not hearers only. You know what the Bible says when you're a hearer of the word and you're not a doer of the word? It says you deceive your own self. 
You know what that means? That means some people equate hearing what the Bible says to doing it. Well, I, yeah, yeah, I heard that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I heard somebody preach that before. That's wonderful. But hearing it and doing it. Oh, that's two different things. Thank you, Ted. When I'm teaching leadership stuff, there's, there's, this, there's, this, uh, there's this, uh, gra- this graph that I use, this, this example that I use of different stages of vision. And bringing it to pass, and it was taken from someone who's in the secular market business, you know, business guy, into business leadership and whatnot. But I saw Tony Miller talk about it, and he took it and he put it in terms of of the Christian walk or the uh, ministry ministers leadership and ministry. But there were different stages. There was the there was the forming stage, the storming stage. There are these different stages in which. Do you know, you know the devil, when he attacks a dream, when he attacks a vision, when he attacks something that God wants to do, he doesn't attack it after it's in full bloom. It's much, it's much more difficult to take down an oak than it is to take out an acorn. You're going to have a harder fight taking down an oak than you are taking out an acorn. In fact, all you need is a squirrel to come along and grab that acorn up. and it's, That's a done deal. But an oak, that's going to take some time. And so the devil, the devil doesn't attack things when they're big and already grown. He attacks things while they're still in the small stages. Do you know the devil doesn't attack dreams? As long as you're dreaming about it, the devil don't attack it while you're dreaming. He'll let you dream. In fact, he'll be like, ooh, that's a good dream. That's a good dream. Do you know when the enemy really starts attacking? So in the forming, when your vision, when your dream, when the thing that God has for you is in the forming stages, when it's in the dream stage, when it's in the formation process, when you're formulating it, when it's, when it's occupying your mind and your thoughts and, and the... Oh man, that's when your confidence is at its highest. Your confidence is high, but your production is low. Some of you, that's where you've lived all your life. (laughs) It don't cost nothing to dream. It don't cost you energy to dream. It don't cost you money to dream. It doesn't cost you time to dream. Because you can do other stuff while you're dreaming. Do you know when it becomes a threat to the devil? The minute you try to implement it. The minute you try to imp- the minute you try to plant that seed, the minute you try to implement what it is that God told you. That's that right there. That's when. And you know what? When you implement the dream, when you implement, all of a sudden, all the confidence you had <laughs> plummets. And now your confidence is lower. What, the minute you go to implement what God has you, your confidence plummets, your confidence gets down in the lowest spot, and your anxiety level rises because the enemy immediately goes to attacking. And you know, the devil knows what buttons to push. 
The minute you get out there to do what God wants you to do, the devil knows what buttons to push. Some of you, the minute you, you committed that you was going to tithe, you went outside and had a flat tire. Heck, one time, one time Michael, they, they determined they was going to sow a particular seed. It was a large seed. Probably one of the biggest seeds they've sown at one time. I mean, they're like, we're going to sow this. We're going to do it. Man, the minute they did, all hell broke. Listen, they didn't even have to write the check. When they said it, all hell broke loose. And the, you know what the devil tried to do? The devil tried to lock up that seed and keep them from being able to even access it. See, you know what some of y'all would say? Well, maybe the Lord was trying to. Oh, see, you, that's because you don't, because you don't know what the Word of God says. When you, don't, when you don't know what the Word of God says, you'll blame everything on God. Aunt Pookie's death? Oh, Aunt Pookie, why'd the Lord have to take Aunt Pookie? Lord didn't take Aunt Pookie. Aunt Pookie was a chain smoker, an alcoholic. Ain't Pookie had diabetes. <laughs> Weighed 750 pounds. <laughs> Talking the Lord took Ain't Pookie. Lord into Grandies took Ain't Pookie. <laughs> uh, are y'all hearing me today? Boy, I am preaching. Listen, I'm for real preaching today. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying. You know what I'm trying to do here, folks? I'm trying to break you out of uh, a religious mindset, out of a carnal mindset. Listen, church, we're we're navigating into waters where the enemy's going to try every trick in the book to try to get you off course and keep you from fulfilling the plan and the purpose and the design that God has for you. A part of what God designed for you is for you not to be broke. God never intended for you to be poor, for you to be broke, for you to be busted and disgusted. For you to not be able to do what it is that he called you and commanded you to do. See, I'm, I'm, I'm about to get aggressive and start calling in enough money where we can buy any building we want to buy, any parking lot we want to have. Get a, amen. I'm about to... I'm about to go stomping around that golden corral over there. I'm about to get me a bottle of oil and start slapping my handprints all over it. Look, I'm about to, y'all about to see my face printed in the window with my hands like this. You know what will happen the minute we start to do that? All hell will break loose. But guess what? Jesus said this. He said, upon this rock, upon the rock of Jesus being Lord, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail again. Listen, provision has been made. The gates of hell will not prevail against you. I am on it. I'm preaching. See, it's the, it's the, 
It's the little things that we allow to run rampant in our lives that stop the big things that God really wants to do. And so listen, you got to make up your mind. I'm going to tell you right now, some of y'all, the, the time you can get with me the most is when I'm not meddling in your business. That's when I'm, oh, Pastor Zig, I love Pastor Zig. Isn't Pastor Zig awesome? But when I get up in your mailbox, you're like, I don't know, but yeah, all he, all he talk about is money. Oh, he don't care about nobody but himself. I know, see, just act like it wasn't you. <laughs> I know who you are. <laughs> That's what's funny, is that I know, I know people have said that, and they'd be looking at me like, amen, Pastor. <laughs> I mean, at the very least, you could be like, yeah, I repent. <laughs> no, no repentance. You be, yeah. <laughs> but it, it leaves that seed. You don't have to. You don't have to come ask me for forgiveness, because it's not me that you. It's not. It's not me you trespassed against. Not really. Right. Come on, on. That's right. <laughs> it got real. It just got real up in here, Ayla. Oh, be glad and rejoice. Say, be glad and rejoice. Be glad and rejoice. So what is being glad? Well, it's not being mad. <laughs> being glad isn't being mad. Being glad isn't being sad. Being glad isn't being depressed. Being glad isn't being scared. Being glad isn't being double-minded. What is rejoicing? Some of y'all, we, we need to do a whole study on rejoicing. It'll only take 10 minutes. You know what the word rejoice means? The word rejoice means to dance and to spin wildly. To dance and to spin wildly. Exuberantly. Because of the joy that's in your heart. Glory to see y'all. Y'all thought Sheree was crazy. She was scriptural. When she get up here, Woo! yeah, amen. Why do we rejoice and be glad? Because he's given us the former rain favor. In other words, what he said was going to happen has happened. And he will cause the rain to come down for you. In other words, what he said happened has happened, and what he said is going to happen is going to happen. The former rain and the latter rain in the first months, look what it says. Look what it says. This is why we rejoice and be glad. Now, what are we talking about? We're talking about if afterward is he pours out his spirit, what comes before? We've seen these, these things that are difficult come to pass before. But now here's some good stuff that has to come to pass before. Come on. The former rain and the latter rain in the first month. In other words, a deluge, a flood. Yes. A flood of blessing. Yes. A flood of abundance. Yes. And then it talks about what that looks like. 
The threshing floors shall be full of wheat. The threshing floors shall be full of wheat. Now you say, what does that mean? Well, that means, what, uh, think about this. If the, uh, uh, I, can, I come from Ohio where they have grain silos. And uh, if you put grain, grains of wheat in a silo, you can only stack so much in there. If you're finding it on the floor, on the ground, that means there's overflow. So what the word is saying here is this. Before God pours out his spirit in the measure that he desires to, there's going to be such an overflow of abundance that you're going to be walking on it. Can you imagine having so much? Listen, when you're lacking, every grain is counted. Heck, when you're lacking, it's 10 grains on Monday, 10 grains on Tuesday, 10 grains on Wednesday. When you, when you, have, when you have a barrel full, it's one cup on Monday, one cup on Tuesday, one cup on Wednesday. But if you have so much, <laughs> I saw one of the I saw one of these rappers on MTV one time, and they was doing this with the, where they show their houses, cribs, or something like that. And uh, they, they he was in the, he was in his car, and they were you know they were filming him, and of course he's got his he's got his grill in, and he's uh, got all his chains on, and got all these rings, and he's like yo yo yo, and and. Uh, <laughs> But uh, he, they went somewhere, went through a drive-thru, and, uh, and in the drive-thru, they gave him back change for like a hundred, and so he had a few ones, and a five, and a ten, and then twenties. So he's like, why y'all give me this? He took everything that was less than a twenty, and crumpled it up, and threw it down. Now listen, I personally think that's stupid, but when they when they showed now when they showed on after when they showed the underneath of this guy's seats, it was crammed full of wadded up money that this guy had tossed away. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. If you're tossing away tens, fives, and ones, you're not digging in your couch for gas money. I don't know about y'all, but I remember days when I went to the gas pump and it was $3.78 because that's how much I could. And I mean, I was clicking it too. And I hoped I didn't go over the 78 because all I had was the $3.78. That's all I found in the cushions of the couch. And it's like, man, if you clicked a penny over, you hope for that, you know, give a penny, take a penny. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you was hoping for that. See, some of you still there. Some of you there right now. Some of you, it's every. But you know what? When you have more than enough, you, 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 just, you just push the lever and it clicks. And when it's full, you hang the thing up and you're on your way. It asks you for a receipt. You say no. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? 
When the floors are full of wheat, you're not concerned about one or two grains. So I know some of you are like, well, that's wasteful. That's, honestly, I'll be honest with you. It, it can't, you can get over there into wastefulness, but most of, what, most of what we wrestle with as God's people is poverty mentality. It's not, it's not being wasteful. We're wrestling with a poverty mentality, poverty way of thinking. Go ahead, man. Nothing will break you from a poverty way of thinking than God telling you you can have anything you want to have. That's right. Yeah. When we were, when we were, when I mentioned about having an interior put in an airplane, because because we I own an airplane, I mentioned putting an interior in that airplane, and I had someone. In fact, it was in Shawnee. Uh, Pastor Bernice told me there's a fellow in Shawnee said, I can't believe he was asking for people, or he was telling that that was going to be twenty thousand dollars to put an interior in his airplane. Do you know how many poor people could be fed with 20,000? I was like, dude, if that's all you're thinking about is 20 grand, we're, we're, sowing, we're sowing nearly that much, if not more, into the poor annually, personally. Go ahead, man. But because people, got, because people got a poverty thinking, do you know God has more than enough to take care of your needs and take care of the poor? In fact, God has enough to give you everything you ever wanted, anything you ever imagined, and still take care of the poor. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, but there were people in that church that really needed something. Yeah, but they, you know what they didn't need? They didn't need a handout from me because they got a handout from everybody and it didn't help them. What they needed was the Word of God. What they needed was an understanding that if, amen. Uh, glory to God. Now, some of you are like, well, I don't know if I came here for this. Well, you're here. I don't know if this is what you came for, but I'll tell you this. It's definitely probably what you needed. God, God, didn't, God, didn't set you in, God didn't set you on course in this life to leave you struggling, to leave you. Now, now here's the thing. Here's the wrestling match that will go on in some of y'all's minds and some of y'all's heads. You'll go through that whole process, that whole religious process of beating yourself over the head with a frying pan, saying, oh, woe is me. And, and uh, listen, you can't do that. You've just got to determine that you're going to turn things around by changing your mindset, believing what the Word of God says and letting Him bring you out. Amen. Amen. Because if you'll let Him bring you out, there'll come a point in time where your floors will be full of wheat. Where when people go and clean your car, they'll dig up under your seats and they'll be able to. Can you imagine? Can you imagine Bailey being so blessed? Having so much that you can't carry it all. Do you know, do you know, uh, Creflo Dollar one time told this story and I may have discredited myself just by using his name, but Creflo Dollar he told this story one time of a man that came from Saudi Arabia, a, a billionaire, came from Saudi Arabia, and he came to go to one of Creflo's meetings. Well, when he came, he tried to rent a luxury car. Well, they was going to rent him a luxury car. It was like a Mercedes or a... But uh, he was thinking luxury. 
Rolls Royce, Bentley. That's what he was thinking. And where Creflo was at, they didn't have nobody rent Rolls Royce, Bentley. So you know what he did? He went and, you see, I got good reflexes for an old man. You know what he did? <clears throat> you ain't going to get over on me. <laughs> that man, he has a, now listen, when you got billions of dollars, when you got billions of dollars, he called up the Rolls Royce dealer, said, I want to buy a Rolls Royce. I'm going to be in the United States attending me, and I need a car to drive. He bought a Rolls, he bought a half a million dollar car to drive while he was here in the United States. So he's driving it around, you know, going to Creflo's meeting because Creflo had been a blessing to him. And two weeks later, he's getting on his, his private jet to go back to Saudi Arabia. Well, he, now he owns this Rolls Royce. He ain't going to take it with him. He's like, here you go, Creflo. Uh, take this car. I'm done with it. <laughs> here you go. And Creflo's like, thank you. Now, see, some of y'all couldn't have said that because some of y'all don't believe in this. He gave, he gave Creflo Dollar that Rolls Royce. That dude used that Rolls Royce for two weeks and it was used. He, Bailey, can you imagine having so much that you go across the country to visit somebody, they don't have a rental car, so you buy a car while you're there. And then you don't want to drive it home because you'd rather fly. Your time is more valuable. So you leave it with your friend. You say, here, just take this car. I can't really go, wait a minute. What do you mean? No, it's paid for. Just take it. I don't need it. Yeah, but that, isn't that wasteful? Oh, no, I ain't wasting it. I, you, I live on another level. All right, praise God. Praise God. Do you know when, remember when Creflo Dollar was raising $67 million for a jet? Anybody remember that? You ought to remember it because everybody had their drawers in a bunch over it. Nearly everybody did. Do you know that same guy, that same guy from Saudi Arabia? Two days after he heard Creflo say he, he wanted $67 million for a jet, he said, Creflo, he said, I sent you a check in the mail, $67 million. Go buy the jet. That's why, that's why Creflo, when everybody got up in arms, Creflo was like, y'all don't have to give nothing. It's already been given. Now, here's the thing. You say, well, wait a minute, Brother Ziggy. That sounds crazy. Yeah, it's, it is crazy. It's crazy that God couldn't get an American. It's crazy that God couldn't get someone from this nation in his church to be that generous. To live in the fullness of God's blessing, that their floors be so full of wheat. Are y'all hearing me today? See, if you could ever change your heart enough to be able to facilitate what I'm talking about, God would use you to fulfill dreams. I think Pastor Mikey was at a Ken Copeland meeting one time. He's, he, Ken Copeland put on a video. He says, y'all need to watch this video. And he put on a video, and for 20 minutes, they played a video of Reinhard Bunke preaching to millions of people in some other nation. And Reinhard Bunke's preaching, and boy, he's just preaching. Uh, millions of people gave their hearts to Christ during that meeting. 
Well, they're in a Ken Copeland meeting. Why are they watching Reinhard Bunky? And everybody's just looking. And, and even Brother Pastor Mikey said, I was wondering why he's showing a Reinhard Bunky, you know, video. He said, I thought maybe Reinhard Bunky was a special guest, was going to come out. He said, but at the end of the video, Brother Copeland got up. He said, now some of y'all wondering, why you put up a Reinhard Bunky video at a believer's convention? He said, because, he said, I called up Reinhard Bunky. He said, and all that money y'all have sown into our ministry as partners, we paid for that crusade. All them millions of people that Reinhard Bunky just won to Jesus, he, he went and he won them on your dime. That means you have a reward. Amen. Glory to God. But you know all the people want to talk about Brother Copeland? Oh, he, he was flying around in a jet. And, and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord, for jets. That's, that's all some people want to do. What we don't realize is when we keep our hearts right, when we align with God's word, when we believe it, no matter what things look like, when we rejoice and we're glad and we have trust in and have faith in the living God, that if he did what he said he was going to do, then he will finish and complete what he started. You know, when God told us during revival, I'm going I'm to end with this. I still didn't get to preach what I've to be continued. I'm here next week, ain't I? Next week. It'd be Easter, but we're going, it ain't going to be traditional. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Glory to God. Am I preaching here today? Am I all right? I know, listen, I know with some of you, and I, my, my heart goes out to you, because some of you, you think this is about materialism. You, you really, you think it's so hard for you to get because the devil had been working on God's people for years, trying to get us to believe that God don't want us to have nothing. Here's the beauty of it. God will give you anything you want. Anything you desire. Well, I mean, within the boundaries of his word. I mean. If you're if you're believing God for a whole, um, you know, a, a whole uh, five acres of uh, marijuana, he, you probably ain't gonna get that. <laughs> if you if you're looking for you know, if you're praying for a hundred kilos of cocaine, you probably ain't gonna get that. That, that, that kind of goes against, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But anything that's within the boundaries of God's word. Well, uh, is provision. Is, is provision a part of God's promise for his people? Then guess what? You can settle it. God's going to provide for you. Period. You can rejoice and be glad. He's going because he'll supply everything you have need of according to his riches and glory. So no matter what it looks like, provision is settled. Rejoice and be glad. Rejoice and be glad. Whatever you owe, rejoice and be glad. Whatever you owe, rejoice and be glad. Glory to God. Don't let the devil, don't let the devil steal that one moment of sleep from you. Don't let him, don't let him, 
Listen, don't let him put one gray hair on your head. Just rejoice and be glad you say, but I don't know how he's going to do it. It don't matter how he does it. Amen. It's not for us to figure out how he's going to do it. It's, you know what it is for us to do? It's to obey, to believe, to rejoice, to be glad, to trust, to have faith in the word of God. Amen. <laughs> but listen, don't, don't do it. Don't. don't we go, hey, this is one of them prosperity churches. Would you rather we be a poverty church? If we were a poverty church, we wouldn't be able to do these outreaches we're getting ready to do. We wouldn't be able to go and do the, the ministry that we're doing. No, we're not a poverty. In fact, you know what I'm believing? I'm believing that for God, you know what my prayer is nearly daily for every one of y'all? That God will make you multiplied millionaires. That this building will be packed full of millionaires. And that way, anytime we ever have need of anything, it's just settled. With, with one swipe of the pen, it's taken care of. With one swipe of the pen. 20 grand for an interior. Look, go get a new plane. Someone, someone asked me, they said, who was it that asked me that? Titus. We was over at this hangar where I'm working on an airplane. He said, Pastor, he said, is that kind of airplane right there you want? I said, well, Titus, you know, I don't really need that. He's like, yeah, but do you want it? I was like, well, if I was going to have one. He said, how many people you reckon that seats? Listen, they, thank God. You know what? I thank God Titus wasn't up in there going, well, wouldn't it be nice? Must be nice. Now, you know what he's doing? Listen, you don't start trying to figure out how many people fit in an airplane unless you're dreaming. I thank God. I thank God Titus looked up at that phenom and he, he looked at that citation. He's like, how many people fit in there, Pastor? Let's see. Ten windows. He said, 20, 20, 20, you think 20 people? I'm like, nah, not quite that many, Titus. And, and he's counting windows. He's trying to figure out how many butts are in the chair. He's trying to fit his butt in that chair. You understand? He tried. <laughs> That's what he's doing. He's like, I just want to know if I can make it here. <laughs> now, here's the thing. Is, my, is, is that where my mind is? Am I dreaming of jets? No. I got an airplane that does just fine, gets me from point A to point B, gets me there in, you know, a third of the time that it would take me to drive. But, you know, if I had a church full of multiplied millionaires, if y'all were multiplied millionaires, I couldn't, I'd have to be careful of telling y'all what was in my mind. I'd have to be careful telling you what I was dreaming. You'd have to be careful with one another. Listen, you wouldn't, be, you wouldn't just be talking everything that comes to your head. When, listen, when you hang around people, I'm, I'm trying to stir your faith. Some of you like this don't, this ain't real. <laughs> one day I saw Oprah Winfrey. She had John Travolta on her program. I couldn't believe this conversation. 
We are so disconnected from what God really wants us to have. We got such a poverty mindset that we can't, we can't believe none of this. But there are actually people that live in this realm. Do you know John Travolta, if he goes to your house, if he makes friends with you, you know what he does? He'll buy you a car. And he don't tell you. You know it when the, when the truck shows up with it on the back and he's dropping it off. You. Oprah said, why'd you do? Why? She said, y'all don't know this, but I, I met John. We, we, we were talking and I had him at the house. And two days later, a flatbed comes drives up with a Rolls Royce on the back. Drops it off in front of my house. Has a card on the windshield. I do this for all my friends. John Travolta bought Oprah Winfrey a Rolls Royce. She's like, why'd you do that for me? He said, I buy all my friends Rolls Royces. Wouldn't that be crazy? Wouldn't that be crazy? See, some of y'all right now, you're like, I just need to get the gas paid. Guess what? I've been there, church. I'm not, I'm not trying to get any of you to look down upon yourself with where you're at. You, everyone has to start someplace, but you have to be willing to come up. Listen, don't, don't get stuck in that place, in that low place, because you feel crippled in that place or you feel like that you're struggling in that. And don't get mad at me because you're struggling. Don't get mad at other preachers because you're struggling. Get, get a change in your mindset, in your thoughts. You know what I'm not going to do here? I'm not going to, I'm not going to pull for you to give an offering. In fact, I, talked, I have talked nothing about giving. All I've talked about is you receiving. You haven't heard one time me say, now for your love gift of $50, all this is going to happen for you. You know why I haven't said that? Because it's not true. Because what keeps you out is not what you're giving. What keeps you out is what's in your mind while you're... That's what keeps you out of that place. I don't know about y'all. I don't know about you all. But it is my desire that all of us that are around here, that, if, that we have to be careful what, that, we, that we... Before we say what we're thinking about, like, man, I think I'd like to go to Disney... Can you, can you imagine, Miss Rhonda? It's like, yeah, I'd love to take my grandchildren to Disney. And the next day, a courier shows up with a bunch of tickets. Hallelujah. And a fat envelope with money said, here. Oh, look at Gabe. He just got in the service right now. <laughs> Gabe just got him. He was like, ooh, shele boraba. Hey. You, <laughs> Gabe. <laughs> That's the key to his breakthrough. <laughs> when you got floors full of wheat, you don't care. You don't, listen, when people need wheat, you're like, oh, go get some off the floor. Okay. People walk behind you, they're like, hey, dude, you're dropping a bunch of wheat. Man, I can't do nothing with it. Just keep it. Can you imagine you hauling so much money around Bailey? You, you drop $200. People say, hey, you drop this. I keep it. I ain't got time to. 
Someone steals from you, they think they're doing you wrong. You'd be like, did you take that $1,000? Yeah, I guess I did. Man, if you're going to steal something, steal something big. <laughs> Come on now. You can imagine your car breaking down and you're just like, well... You reckon I can pay somebody to come pick it up, take it over there for me? Hey, can y'all send someone over to get my car? Take it in for service? Faucet break, you call the plumber you have on retainer. You priority customer. Two in the morning, you're like, my toilet's plugged. Can you come out? Oh, yeah, hang on, man. (laughs) Glory to God. Yeah, and they'd be happy about it. You know why? Because you tip big. Can you imagine waitresses and waiters fighting over you when you walk in the door? That's my table. That's my table. Floors full of we did that. We did that. I told you about Chickasha, right? We went to the Mexican restaurant, Chickasha. We went there every day after I'm almost done. If your butt's falling asleep, turn the other cheek. Okay. Uh, I went to this this Mexican restaurant after after revival service. We went every day. And we had a we you know how it is when we go after church? We got a load of people. We walked into this place 20 people five minutes before they closed. When we walked in, every waiter and waitress that was there was looking at us like we were evil. And I could hear them. They were saying, I am not staying. I am not staying. This one girl goes, I'll take them. She told the manager, I'll take them. When she, when she grabbed all the menus, I got up next to her. I said, hey, uh, you're going to be glad that you took care of us today. She was like, okay. she's like, it's okay. I don't mind. I said, you really not going to oh, mind. I said, you really ain't going to mind after this is all over with. She was like, well, I appreciate that. I said, what's the biggest tip you ever received? She goes, well, I think it was $50. I said, we're going to do way better than that today. I said, we're going to do way better than that. There was at least 20 of us there, wasn't there, Ted? At least 20 of us. And so, so we get done. We're, we're eating. We get done eating. And, uh, and I pull out a $100 bill. I'm like, I'm, put, I'm putting the first 100 And then someone down the table said, nah, you're not the first. Ted already put his 100 down. I'm like, you dirty rat. Heck, I took out another 50 I laid it down. I didn't say that because I didn't want him to get in a competing match with me. So just between Ted and I is at least $250. Did you put any more down after that 100 I thought, I'm pretty sure you probably did. Just between Ted and I is $250. We got done. By the time we got done, her tip was over $600. Shut up, it's my story. Well, I'll be... He used to do that to me all the time when he traveled. I don't miss it at all either. <laughs> Steal my thunder. I'm, I'm, you're going to sit next to Ayla. She'll keep you straight. Oh, thank you, Lord. 
We put, we, we put it down there. I counted, out, I counted out over $600. That was before everybody laid their money down there. And we just walked out. We just strolled out. We got to the middle of the parking lot, and this girl comes out hysterical. She runs out crying, wait a minute, wait a minute. She got all this money in her head. She said, you can't do this. I said, we just did. She said, I can't. I said, you can't tell me you can't. This had nothing to do with you. You're not a part of the equation. This was on us. This ain't on you. I said, in the name of Jesus, be blessed. Receive it. And this was before, you know, this was before YouTube and everybody was doing, everybody's like this. That girl just cried and cried. You know, the next night, Gil, we went in there to eat. Guess who, guess who came running it from all them waiters? Guess who came running and said, that's my table. In fact, every night after that, that's my table. That's my bunch. They're mine. You know what? All them other people was wishing. They was all like, man. You know she came in the next day going, money coming. But see, that's, that's the way, listen church, that's the way it ought to be for every one of us. Are y'all hearing me today? Heck, when you walk in to buy a pair of jeans, there ought to be someone running saying, hey, how many can I get you? You, you need a drink of water? That's what happens to me when I go clothes shopping. When I walk in, I went to, bought these shoes at Mr. Uli's. I walked in, they said, the first thing they said, you, want, you need something to drink? Like, no, nah, I'm good. I think we got some crackers, some cheese over here. There might be a bottle of wine in the back. I don't drink. <laughs> Notice how similar this corner is. <laughs> God send them people travel with me. <laughs> People would like to finish my sentences. <laughs> it's real, Rick. It's real. It's real, Brandon. Listen, I'm, t- I'm telling you, I'm a living witness. I am living. I came up broke, broke, broke. And the Lord, man, he is. He. Now, listen, I'm not over there in that billion flow, in that even in the million flow. But man, I, I really believe God wants to take us higher. Now, put that scripture back up because I'm not done. I just want to read the rest of it. The floors shall be full of wheat. The vats will overflow with wine and oil. Say, over, say overflow. overflow. Say it again. Overflow. Say it again. Overflow. See, you need to say that regular. Overflow. More than your toilet ought to be overflowing. So I will restore to use the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, the chewing locust, my great army, which I sent among you. So he said, he said, restoration, say restoration. restoration. How many of you feel like there's been stuff stolen from you? I know good and well you've had stuff stolen from you. 
and the word of the Lord before the outpouring, before the outpouring of this, before the outpouring of this, before the outpouring of the Spirit. At, you know what? You know what it comes after? It comes after the sounding of the alarm, after repentance, after the gathering, overflow, restoration, blessing. That, that's why I'm telling you all this. So you get in line with what the Word of God says. You shall eat. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. You know, part of the reason why I'm fat is because when I was a kid, I was never satisfied. We never had nothing. I thought milk came in a, in a box in powder form. I mean, peanut butter was in a can, silver can this big. And you had to stir the grease into it before you could spread it. Cheese came in big old blocks. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Our money was rainbow colored. It wasn't like everybody's green money. Our money was, see back in the day, food stamps, they used to be paper. And they was red and green and blue and orange. And there's a, you had to rip them out of a little booklet. Someone gave me a McDonald's gift certificate. I thought it was a food stamp. <laughs> they sent us a bunch of free lunch things uh, in the mail recently, a free lunch card for Gabe. I was like, Gabe, how'd you get on the free lunch deal? Turns out the state of Oklahoma made another mistake. Imagine that. <laughs> you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and be satisfied. See, when you're not satisfied, you know what you do? You overdo it. You overdo it. But when, when you start to become satisfied in the Lord, you don't have to worry about overdoing it. You'll have plenty. You'll be satisfied. And you'll praise the name of the Lord your God that has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be put to shame. Next verse. And you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. I'm the Lord your God. And there is no other. And, and there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame. And it shall come to pass after that. I will pour out my spirit. Now so here's the deal. Get ready. Get ready. Why do you think the devil's attacked you so much? Why do you think the enemy has tried to make you believe you're going to have to work your fingers to the bone for the rest of your life in order to be able to do the things that God's called you to do? Some of you can't even conceive of ministry. You have so many obligations. Tyler and Ayla, they're going to travel in ministry with a baby. If they have 10 babies, they're going to travel full-time in ministry. With... <laughs> Ayla's like, don't 10 babies, Pastor. Put, roll it in a little bit. Roll that number back a little bit. How many, Ayla? Two, two babies. <laughs> you can tell she's toward the end of this pregnancy. She like, two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah. Tyler's back there, three, so that's five. At least five. Okay. <laughs> but no matter, listen, if they got to haul them around in a bus, 
Heck, I saw, I saw Brother Rodney preaching over at Cathedral Break when his kids was little. They had them a nanny right there with the kids, taking care of the kids. He didn't have to be thinking about them kids. The kids was right there with the nanny sitting in the service. Must be nice. I'm going to tell you right now, it is. Some of y'all had a nanny. And listen, if you kept your nanny happy, pay her 70, 80 grand a year. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, she'll be taking care of them kids. She'll run you a bath for 80 grand a year. She'll, she'll go out and get you a Sunday from Brahms or something. <laughs> Charlie. <laughs> I'll never forget that video, boy. Twilight cried for the. <laughs> that was a great video. Oh, man. <laughs> Stand up all over the place. Does this help anybody? I'm not, we're not materialistic. We love the Lord. We love God more than we love. <laughs> the, Bible, the Bible says it's the love of money that's the root of all evil. We don't love money. We don't trust money. I don't trust money. Money's unfaithful. Money will leave you tonight and not tell you. Just ask them people in them failed banks. Just ask people, them, they invest everything they got in the stock market. Money, listen, you have lots and lots of money one day, and then the next day, nothing. Because money's unfaithful, but God is faithful. That's why we're, we rejoice and we're glad in Him. That's we, why we believe His Word. Because He's the supplier. Sometimes He'll use money to help us to get down the road. But I, I will tell you this, the least of our worries in the last days is going to be money in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, amen. And you know what some of y'all need to do? Today after you leave here, you need to go by that, that building down about three. Go by that golden crown. I know it's for lease. We can change their minds in the name of Jesus. Just go put your hand on it and say, I, I call it in in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for every penny that we need. Wouldn't it be awesome if Winter's Church is bought up with this whole side of the street? Every time something came vacant, we just buy it up. Just buy it up. It's on this side of the road. It's only about four things down. <clears throat> now, if you get busted, don't tell them I told you to go over there. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> if you're black or Hispanic, don't go looking in the windows, cause uh... <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I shouldn't have said that, but it was funny. <laughs> You know, it used to be all the parts in movies that uh, Hispanics played. You only seen them like this. Up against a car, up against a wall. And then George Lopez. But anyway. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Let's get quiet. 
when we give our tithes and we give our offerings, there ought to be an expectation on our part that God's going to do something to release His abundance to us because that's what the Word says. That's not the, the only reason we give. It's a part of the reason why I give. You know what? Part of the reason why I give is because I want God involved in my, in my money. Most of the reason I give is because I love Him. That's why, that's, that's why, when, that's why when Annie says, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get my hair done. Can you transfer some money? I'm like, yeah. She's like, I got my own money. What's wrong with you? But you know, you know what I'm saying? She, she want to get her another pair of tennis shoes. She, she's like, I think I'm going to get me another car. That, that's, how, that's my wife. You know what? She got plenty of money to do whatever she wants to do. And she's wrestling over whether she can have another pair of tennis shoes. I'm like, just go buy the tennis shoes. Well... She's not going to do it till I give her the money. And then when I give her the money, it'll sit in her purse for four months before she go out and pull the trigger. And then they'll sit in the box for three weeks. Her contemplating whether she ought to take them back or not. But you know, that's poverty thinking. That's how we came up. That's poverty thinking. Are y'all hearing me today? If you could ever break out, It'll open up the door for God. God's tried, God's tried to bless some of y'all, and, and it, it was squandered because you just couldn't believe. You just couldn't believe. Your poverty thinking just took you in the ditch with it. And then some of you made the excuse, well, the Lord just didn't want me to have nothing. No, that's not it. Anything you are capable of receiving, God will give it to you in the name of Jesus. Now, will it, like the rest of it, will it happen the way you want it, the way you think, the way you imagine it? Probably not. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't keep believing for it. Amen. Thank God. Thank God. So today, of course, as you sow your seed, you can put up the giving information up there, uh, Marissa. And just leave it kind of planted up there so people will know. And you, you can know what to, I receive that in the name of Jesus. You can do whatever it is that uh, you're going to do. If you're going to give cash, you know how to do that. You write a check to Winner's Church. You're going to give electronically. You can text to give. Um, there are lots of different ways you can give. But I definitely want you to believe for God to bless you back. Good measure, press down, shake it together and running over. Thank you, Father. So I'm agreeing with you today that the heat that the enemy's tried to put on you financially is coming off of you in Jesus' name. I declare your gas bills paid in the name of Jesus. I declare your electricity bills paid in the name of Jesus. I don't care. OG&E, maybe they're corrupt. They raise, you know what? They raise prices. They didn't ask me. One day, I just had an $800 electric bill. I mean, just overnight. It's like $800. Annie was about to go down there and talk to him. She's like, this ain't right. She's getting in the car. I said, baby, get out of the car. I said, you know what? We can either look at it. Because when, when, you, when you grew up poor and barely making it, you complained about an $800 electric bill. But when, what do you have to complain about if you can pay it? See, but see, that's some of us. Some of us never left complaining. 
We got money in the bank and we still complain. I tell Michael about a guy I was working on his airplane. I gave him a price of what he wanted. You know, this is the price to do your airplane. Can you do it for $300 less? I'm like, okay, what don't you want me to do on it? I can do it for $300 less, but I'm going to knock off the front. You're gonna, the front's going to be ugly. The rest going to be pretty. I mean, it's up to you. But I'm, this is what it's worth. In fact, it's worth more than that because I touched it. Now, I mean, I'm touching it and I, I do good work, but I'm praying. I'm Listen, you don't understand. This plane might have been ready to die until I touched it. Might leave you. He's about to leave this earth. Anyhow, I'm having this conversation with this guy. Finally, he's like, "Okay." He called me again. I need some work on this. All right. How much is it gonna be? Between two hundred, three hundred dollars. Three hundred dollars. And then he writes a check for a million dollars cash for another airplane. Just a million dollars cash. See, that's someone that got along, but they still got poverty thinking. You know, that's that, that, that'll end up putting you right back in the ditch. You got to ditch poverty thinking. Poverty thinking says, the minute you spend that money, you're going to need it. Isn't that, isn't that what happens? Poverty thinking, the minute you... To spend that money, Melody, and you're gonna need it. Don't do that. The minute you buy them tennis shoes, you're gonna need something important. You buy them tennis shoes, and then your left arm go to hurting. <laughs> Take your blood pressure, and it's way off. And you're like, my God, I need that money now. Now listen, when you. But when you live in abundance, oh, get rid of that poverty thinking. You don't complain. Listen, you won't complain about big electric, but you just pay it. That's what I told Annie. I said, Annie, I said, uh, I hope she, I know she's like, don't put me out there. I said, Annie, I said, uh, I said, do we not have it in the account? She said, no, we got it. I just didn't want it to go there. I said, I understand. I can understand, I can understand that, not wanting it to go to OG&E. But here's the thing. You know what we ought to be doing? We ought to be, we ought to be thanking God. Because there's one time, there's one time in our lives, if we'd have gotten an $800 electric, electric bill, that's three, that's three months of fasting at one time. Anybody else? I need I needed tires for my car. They said, uh, $2,000. $2,000. You know, in your mind, you're like, are you on crack? They're what are they going to do? They change themselves? That's poverty thinking. Poverty thinking. I'm buying it. Yeah, I'm driving an $80,000 car. $2,000 on tires. You know how broke you sound when you go up in there complaining about $2,000 tires? You still got a poverty mindset. You're going you're gonna to drive an $80,000 car, you're going to have $2,000 worth of tires. Maybe more. You know how broke you sound when you wrote, you, I'm, I'm believing God for BMW, and then you go to try to pay for your tag? 
The BMW tag's different than a Honda tag. <laughs> you get oil change is different. I bought me a Land Rover first service. I bought me a Land Rover first service in the Land Rover. You know they wanted forty five hundred dollars, Brandon. I'm like, that that cost, that cost more than my airplane. But you know, I bought it. I wanted it. Did I have the four thousand dollars? Yeah, I had it. Is that where I wanted it to go? No. That's what I that's what I had. That's what I did. Breaking that poverty mindset. Go get me a suit, buy two, get one free. <laughs> buy two for $2.99, get the get the second one, get the third one for a dollar. Dry clean them twice, can't wear them no more. They're all shiny and falling apart. <laughs> They're all shiny. You know what I'm talking about? And one time I spent phew, 10 times that on one suit of clothes. Heck, if I hadn't gotten so big, I'd still have that suit of clothes. You understand? Poverty, poverty thinking. You got to break it, church. Got to break it now. Turn to someone and say, break it. All right. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now let's pray together. Lord, we thank you. God, I thank you for the privilege that we have to be able to hear your word, to receive, Lord, from it in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that you're breaking us free, every one of us. Amen from a poverty mindset, from poverty thinking. Lord, that you're breaking us free from lack. I bind Satan in the name of Jesus and all of his devices that try to keep us from overflow and abundance. Lord, we're not looking for, we're not greedy for filthy lucre. But Lord, it's our desire to walk in the fullness and the abundant flow of your blessing. So that anytime, Lord, it's required from us, we can do, Lord, exactly what you ask us to do, how you ask us to do it, where you ask us to do it, when you ask us to do it. Lord, whether it be sow uh, a seed into ministry, buy someone a house, a car, purchase a brand new church building, instruments, equipment, airplanes no matter what it is Lord it will be free free to do free to do free in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus so Father I pray over everybody's finances I pray God that you'll bless them Lord I thank you I thank you that your people are coming into their harvest in Jesus' name. Tell me your name again. Huh? Money's coming to you, Annalise, in the name of Jesus. God's going to supply your needs according to his riches in glory. I hear God saying there are things that you, in your mind, you'd like to plan, but because of a lack because of a lack of understanding of how you're going to be able to get there 
you hadn't wanted to get your hopes up. But I hear God saying this, it's time to get your hopes up. I'm telling you something, aren't I? God says it's time for you to get your hopes up because the Lord says he wants to see to it that your dreams come to pass in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The Lord's going to open up doors for you that no man can close. And God says it's going to start this week in Jesus' name. So I loose that to you in the name of Jesus. I thank God for it. Amen. Amen. I thank God for it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Spirit of the Lord's on this man got the Callaway hat on. I, I, yes, I don't know you, sir, but boy, the Spirit of God is on you. Now, I, I hear the Lord saying, you're going, you're going out of here with joy and being led forth with peace. You know what I hear the Lord saying? I hear the Lord saying that, um, I, I'm seeing it. Yeah, yeah, I need a little beat there. Um, <laughs> keep me on tempo. I needed that when I was on the drums. But anyway. <laughs> um, you know, the Bible, Bible talks about the children of Israel crossing the Red Sea and that Moses was being pressed in from all sides, from the behind and from both sides. And then in front of him was this sea. <laughs> the first thing he did was he went to praying. And God told him when he went to praying, he said, boy, get up. What are you praying about? Use what I gave you. Take that rod and stretch it out across that sea. And when he did, the Bible says the sea parted and they walked across on dry ground. You know what I see? I see that you've been wading through darkness for a long time. Not just dark, pitch black. Like you can't even see your nose in front of your face. But I, I hear God saying that when you leave here today, as you move forward, the darkness is going to part like a Red Sea. And the Lord says that you're going to, he says at first, you're not going to see too far in front of you. But you're going to see that there's something better just ahead. The Lord says as you continue to walk, as you continue to walk with him, with him uh, in front of you, the Lord says, that darkness is just going to continue to be pushed back farther and farther and farther till the Lord says, uh, there'll be no darkness no more in the name of Jesus. But I do hear the Lord saying this. He's brought you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. The Lord says this. He says, you're not just going to live in my light for a little while. God says, what I'm doing in you, uh, the Lord says right now in this season, he says, it's not temporary. He says, it's permanent. God, God says, God says he don't even want you to, uh, this is so strange, but you know how you put in a change of address? Lord says he don't even want you putting in a change of address. God says you've changed addresses and you don't need for anyone to forward your stuff or your mail or anything from a previous season. God says you don't need nothing from where you was. So he says, he says he's moved you to a new place and God says uh, he's, he's going, he's going to make sure that everything that everything that is given to you in this hour is going to be brand new in the name of Jesus. It's a new day. It's a new day. It's a new day. All the stuff of old will not be forwarded to you. <laughs> Woo, it's a permanent change. It's not temporary. It's forever in the name of Jesus. So I loose that to you. And I thank God for it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. 
Fear will not have its way with you. Anxiety will not paralyze you in Jesus' name. You will be anxious for nothing. You will be anxious for nothing. You will be anxious for nothing. You will not be paralyzed with fear and with anxiety. But you will be emboldened with faith. You will trust the Lord with all of your heart and not lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, you'll begin to acknowledge Him and because of that, He will direct your path. I hear God saying not only, He said, is this going to be liberating to you in your emotions and in your mind, but I hear God saying it's going to affect your physical body in the name of Jesus. And I hear the Lord saying this, you will not die of the diseases of your forefathers. You will not succumb, the Lord says, to a failing heart. Or to a mental breakdown. But I hear God saying this. I hear God saying, you're going to be bold and you're going to be strong. Some people are going to say that you're rude. Lord says, it's not that you're rude. God says, you're just going to rub them the wrong way. But he said, there's some that need to be rubbed the wrong way. Because God says, I'm taking you in a different direction. So we declare that this is the beginning of the best days of your life. This is the beginning of the best days of your life. In the name of... Come on, someone lift your hands and thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Well, listen. I, I didn't expect that we would just talk about that. Y'all know I don't ever get into that thinking that'll be it. But uh, amen it is what it is. And we'll receive it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Annie's going to go buy them shoes today, aren't you, baby? Praise the Lord. She's inspired. She got a breakthrough today in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Anna's like, I'm going to get them too. I don't even know what they are. Praise God. Thank God. I'm just trying to hear from the Lord here. All right, listen, we're back. We're not back here tonight, but we are back here um, later this week on Wednesday. Sorry. Miracle Monday. I'm sorry. Yes. What was I thinking? Well, we're into April. I didn't. Is that what you're asking me? Thank you, Lord. You know, I'm going to leave that up to y'all. Um, I'm not going to announce it officially here today, but keep your ear to the ground. We'll see. If some people show up here tomorrow and want to press in and pray, seek the face of God, then we will. Because, uh, you know, we, we had our crowds drop off a little bit on Monday, on Mondays. Uh, but this past Monday, uh, folks came for Healing Room and Miracle Monday both. So let's just kind of see if those that you want to be here, maybe you get together, ask somebody, find out. Uh, if, if, if there's enough interest, we'll get together here tomorrow at 7 o'clock. So you'll get a notification either on the app or on our Facebook page of what will be happening I'll leave that all up to y'all. I'll leave all that up to you in the name of Jesus. Um, of course, you know I'll be here. If you're here, I'll be here. <laughs> but, I, but here's the thing. I don't want you to be here because I'm here. That's the thing. If, if I'm not here, so there'll be, there'll be some people here tomorrow, 7 o'clock. So if you want to join us, 7 o'clock tomorrow, 
come, 7 o'clock, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, tomorrow, then there'll be folks here. But Wednesday, I'll continue on the gifts and ministries of the Holy Spirit. Boy, it continues. It continues. Who'd have thunk you could have talked about something for a year and a half? But I have. <laughs> it's been good. It's been good. So you want to be here for that? Now we don't know. We just kind of let the Holy Spirit lead us. He's been helping us out. And uh, he can do anything here on Wednesdays. And then, of course, Friday night outreach. Uh, and then, Sat no, Saturday. Do you have Friday too? Still? Friday is outreach at the hospital. Saturday, outreach with Calvino. I heard there's a collaboration maybe taking place. But anyway, <laughs> uh, Calvino over here is, uh, will, will be at the apartments. If you've never been a part of the outreach, make sure that you get with us on this. You're, you're, you're not going to want to miss it. And then next Sunday, I'll be back here. Same Holy Ghost time. Same Holy Ghost channel. Listen, I love you. I thank God for you. Go in his presence today. Before you leave, love someone because you do. I'll see you guys back here at some point this week. Expect the Lord to do miracles in your life this week in the name of Jesus. Amen. Go in his presence.